Psychology in Seattle. Hey, deserving listeners. In this short video, I'm going to be talking about the therapy that is depicted in Big Little Lies, which is the HBO show. The therapy in Big Little Lies is the most upsetting version of therapy I've ever seen in movies and TV. And I want to go into the very specifics, but just in at the at the onset here, you know, as a therapist for 20 plus years, I've taken note of every depiction I've ever seen in movies and TVs and, and TV shows. And absolutely, uh, there, aside from uh, one or two examples, they're all bad depictions, mostly because they usually depict the therapist as terribly unethical, like having sex with their clients or something. Or in Gypsy on Netflix, where the therapist literally stalks her own clients and manipulates them. There's something about American fiction writers that love to uh, portray therapists in this way. I think it partially is because uh, people don't like the power that therapists are perceived to have. And also, there's something quite um, seductive, shall we say, for a writer to say, well, you know, you're in an office, you're alone, you're talking about intimate things. Uh, what if it lead, what if it led to sex or, or a murder or something? And I kind of get that, but it happens over and over and over again. In fact, the only depictions I can think of that I really liked out of dozens was the Steve Carell character. Steve Carell actually plays a couples therapist in the movie with Meryl Streep and, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, um, Spring Hopes, I think is the name of the movie. The depiction in, I think, Ordinary People by um, the guy from uh, Taxi. <laughs> can't remember his name, Judd something. And also the depiction in Goodwill Hunting, aside from the fact that Robin Williams, who played the therapist, tried to strangle Matt Damon, who was his client. Um, but aside from that, pretty good depiction. The, all the other ones, just awful. Uh, one, either because they're having sex with their clients or doing something else terribly unethical, like breaking confidentiality or that kind of thing. Or it's just bad therapy. And so let's get into Big Little Lies. So back in season one of Big Little Lies, it was already bad because the therapist – so the, 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 the most upsetting part of, of the Big Little Lies therapist is that it looks like good therapy – because people are emailing me. They're like, oh, this therapist seems like an actual good therapist. You know, what do you think about it? And when I watch it, I, I'm, I start with cringing, and then I'm soon yelling at the screen. So in season one, the therapist is yelling and chast not yelling, but chastising the Nicole Kidman character for staying with her abusive husband. And she, you know, she, she's like saying things, why haven't you left him yet? And I get the impulse to uh, pressure someone who is in an abusive relationship to leave. But any therapist who knows anything about therapy and about abusive relationships is you can't pressure people. You can suggest, you can advocate for people. You can say, you know, maybe it's a good idea. But everyone who knows anything about domestic violence and intimate partner violence knows that if you pressure someone, you're going to lose them and because it takes a long time to leave someone. And what they need in you as a therapist is someone who will understand and be with them and not judge them and not pressure them because they get that enough from other people. They need you to 
build them up and help them um, have self-esteem and maybe give them resources and maybe give them some gentle nudges, but at the same time, just not being uh, pressuring and, and, and maybe not even suggesting at all what you think they should do. Uh, be, you know, you could suggest that you think that they should uh, advocate for their safety and that they deserve that, but to, su- to, to suggest specific action might actually cause the client to feel pressured. Now, here's the thing. Some therapists actually do this sort of thing. They actually will pressure their clients to leave abusive relationships in a very judgmental, pointed way, the way the therapist does in Big Little Lies. So not only is the Big Little Lies thing, uh, therapist uh, depiction upsetting to me because it's I'm yelling at the screen telling the therapist to stop doing these things, but it's also upsetting because I know therapists or I've heard of therapists who actually do this sort of thing. So I guess it's you know, having sex with your client is actually pretty rare. It happens for sure. But these kinds of unethical things or these kinds of bad therapy things, I know actually happen quite a bit. Okay, so let's go into season two, which I mainly want to talk about here. Uh, We have a, so this is all up until, I haven't seen the last episode yet. The the last episode of season two airs tomorrow night. And so uh, if something happens in that session, then I won't be able to comment on it, obviously. But uh, with the rest of the episodes, so the first session we see is with Nicole Kidman. So the therapist both treats the Nicole Kidman character and the couple with Reese Witherspoon and uh, Adam Scott. So the first session we see is with um, Nicole Kidman. And as I'm watching it, I'm taking notes and I'm and I'm writing the following down. I see that it's not terrible demeanor. The, the demeanor of a therapist is kind of a big deal. The way you come across... The, the way you listen, your facial expression uh, is a is a big uh, deal to the treatment. And it's, it's very important that you don't just sit there and um, you're not you don't seem like you're listening. You know, it's like, are you paying attention? And the therapist seems to be paying very close attention to what the client is saying. So that's good. Having said that, the therapist's demeanor is extremely stern looking. Uh, I, I'm going to try to approximate the way her face looks. It's like that. <laughs> it, it, it's a direction, and it's not terrible inherently, but uh, she never veers from that facial expression. It's, it's always very stern, it's, and I would find that as a client to be off-putting. Uh, she, the therapist does some validation of Nicole Kidman's character's feelings, which was good. Now, here's a problem, my next note, is that there's no goal with the therapy with both the couple and the individual in season two of Big Little Lies, there, there's no discernible goal. Uh, it almost seems like the clients have just shown up and the therapist is there to berate them, which I'll get into in a second, and that the client really isn't there for anything particular. Um, that's a thing that they probably just do in movies because they don't have time to go over all the logistics of therapy, which is fine. But anyway, I just noticed that. It's like, well, why is Nicole Kidman a therapy? Because as you as we progress through my notes, you'll see that the therapist basically just starts chastising everybody. And if that's in line with the goals, then maybe that's a good thing. But I don't even know if that's true. Anyway, uh, the therapist also does another pretty good intervention where she has this message of you're not to blame. She's telling the Nicole Kidman character, you're not to blame for your husband's death. You're not to blame for the abuse you went through. And um, 
so that's good. It's not a bad uh, direction to go in for sure as a therapist. So I'll give her, I'll give the writers credit for including that. But then at the end of the session, the therapist starts pressuring the client to start dating very explicitly. Uh, I don't remember exactly what she's saying, but she's like, you know, you, you got to move on. You got to, you got to start opening up to other men and this kind of thing. And this is, this is therapy one-on-one right here that you don't do this sort of thing. One, because you don't. Two, because what the hell do you know as a therapist what's best for a client when it comes to when they should date or when they should not date? Yet, you know, you expect friends maybe to have those kinds of uneducated opinions, but therapists should know that you really don't know. Someone, you know, she just, her husband just died tragically right in front of her eyes. And she's still grieving. Presumably we're, we're within months of just a, you know, a few months after the death. And she's still clearly suffering. She's still clearly in grief. She's still clear, clearly recovering from that event. And her therapist is saying, get out there, start dating. There's something wrong. She gives a very clear message. There's something wrong with you that you're not dating other men. One, let the client decide when they're ready or not. And there's no indication as to why the therapist even thinks that. It's, it's like it just pops into her head. The other thing is, is why does anyone need to date? Someone could lose their husband and choose for the rest of their life never to date again. That's fine. You can find secure attachments from a lot of different types of relationships. You don't only have to rely on romance and sex to uh, fulfill those needs. And uh, so to suggest that she should date at all is, is kind of weird. And two, so soon, especially when the client is saying she doesn't want to, the client is pushing back and saying, uh, I'm not ready for that. And the therapist doubles down, basically indicating that the therapist knows what's best and the, th the client is somehow unhealthy for not dating. I hope that this, you know, is understandable to you how terrible of a therapist this person is. Okay, let's go on to another session. Okay, so let's go on to session number two. This is even worse, in my opinion. So we see in the very beginning of this session that the Nicole Kidman character comes to therapy and says, so last session when you were telling me I should date other people, I find that to be problematic and I find it preposterous. So in this moment, the therapist is hearing that the client walked away from that session upset about something that the therapist said. And the client should be upset about that. If the client wasn't upset about that, then the client is just going along with whatever the therapist says, which is not healthy, right? So the client is actually exhibiting you know, some health by saying, that thing you did last session, basically intimating I was being unhealthy by not dating. I didn't like that. I thought that was preposterous. The therapist at that point should have said, you're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I'm going to try not to do that again. Uh, the therapist doesn't even listen to that. The therapist just blazes past that as if Nicole Kidman's character hadn't said anything and starts launching in to forcing the client to remember her husband. So this is truly awful. And as I'm watching this session, session number two, I, I'm like, I'm so sad because not only do I see Nicole Kidman's character really suffering, but 
a lot of therapists do this kind of thing. So like I said, it's upsetting on two levels. One, I'm cringing while I'm yelling at the screen, and I'm also kind of yelling at my profession for doing this sort of thing. I'm also kind of yelling at me when I first started out as a therapist 20-plus years ago, and I would do stuff like this too, which is when someone goes through something difficult, there's this notion in culture, which is not supported by the evidence, and I'll get into this in a second, that you're supposed to force people or it's healthy for people to talk about what they went through right away, uh, especially in therapy, right? So when I would have a client who went through something difficult, like a death in the family or a sexual assault, I thought, because I think I was taught this, or at least was taught by by society, that it was it was healthy for the person to talk about it, and it was sort of unhealthy for them to avoid talking about it. And the therapist really forces Nicole Kidman's character to remember uh, the events and the traumas that she went through. But here's the th- and and Nicole Kidman's character has a meltdown in the session and starts to scream. You her distress spikes and she has a trauma reaction. So here's the thing, and you can listen to my other episodes on trauma therapy and trauma. Uh, in more detail. But in a nutshell, when a therapist does that, you're actually causing more trauma. It's traumatizing to force someone to delve into something that's very difficult for them uh, without the proper uh, restraints put in place, like uh, like emotional regulation, like ego strength, like the ability to monitor how distressed someone is as they head into trauma and making sure that they don't go too far. Uh, so talking about trauma absolutely can be helpful, but you have to have all these measures in place before you do it. And this therapist doesn't do any of that. So that's awful. Uh, the, now let's go on to another session. They show later in the season that the couple goes to therapy. And the spoiler alert, the wife, uh, the Reese Witherspoon character, has cheated on her husband. And the husband is upset. And the wife is um, sorry, and they're trying to recover. This session is truly awful as well. The therapist comes across as extremely vindictive and judgmental and just, I'm going to say, bordering on emotional abuse that the therapist inflicts on this couple. Uh, the, the hus- the, I can't remember the exact dialogue, but essentially the session starts or the, the excerpt we see. The wife is talking about how she betrayed her husband. And there's, there's some kind of mini conversation around how the wife cheated and there was this betrayal. And the husband mutters something or says something. And the therapist snaps to the husband and says, um, you know, I'll get to your betrayal in a minute. Infidelity is one form of betrayal, but indifference is another form of betrayal. Um, you know, and then later on, he, she asks the wife, could it be that you were having, you know, infidelity, that you were cheating on him because you were trying to get his attention? So this notion is awful. The notion that the husband is to blame for the cheating, that'd be like blaming a abuse victim for the abuse. Uh, you can blame someone for distance. You can blame someone for creating conflict, mutual conflict. You can blame both people for um, not paying enough attention to the relationship, but only the person who cheated is to blame. Now, there are extreme examples, like say you were in an abusive relationship and you were really scared and you didn't know where to go 
and you had an affair just out of desperation to have some connection or, or to, to um, I don't know, just escape the situation. So in those situations, sure, you could blame the uh, cheated on partner for the uh, for the cheating behavior in the other partner. But in this situation with these two characters, there's nothing like that. The husband loved his wife, might have been a little indifferent, might have been a little cold, but that's a far cry, morally speaking, from uh, actively making many choices to have sex outside of marriage without a prior agreement to do so. Um, so she is basically equating the husband's indifference with the wife's cheating, which is um, silly, uh, just on its face. But even if you believe that to be true, it's not a good idea when a couple comes in trying to recover from infidelity to just start barking at them and putting them down. Uh, you're the cheater. You know, the whole vibe of the session, the therapist is like, you're the cheater and you're the indifferent one and you're both fucked up and you're both a problem and you know, uh, there's no way out of it because you're responsible for, for what you did. She's super combative. And as I was watching this couple's session, this is when I really blew my top because her attitude toward this client is so judgmental. I mean, she clearly has resentment and contempt for these two people. It is just skin crawling. Uh, If you want to see, again, the worst session of all time, watch The Therapist of Big Little Lies season two. Okay, so let's go on to season, uh, the session three. This is with Nicole Kidman's character in the season two. Uh, So at this point, Nicole Kidman's character is trying to, Grieve. She's her natural grief process after losing her husband, who was abusive to her. But Nicole Kidman's character had a complicated relationship with this man. She loved him and hated him. She wanted to be with him, and she also didn't want to be with him. She was trying to leave him. Uh, that's that's normal. Every therapist knows that's that's what it's like. Um, You know, things are complicated. Human beings are complicated. Relationships are complicated. And so Nicole Kidman's coming into session and she's wanting to talk about some of the good times with her husband who is dead and died tragically in front of her eyes. She's talking about some of the good things and she's trying to grieve, which is a good, healthy move by Nicole Kidman's character. But the therapist, again, just starts to lay into Nicole Kidman's character. You know, why are you doing this? And she says something like, the only reason why you're, you you're, you miss the war, essentially saying that her ex husband, who was abusive and was um, and died tragically, that Nicole Kidman's character is addicted to him. She even says that at the end of the clip. That just because, so imagine you have a very complicated relationship with your spouse. Uh, there's been some good times. There's been some bad times, and you're ready to leave. And then one day he, you know, he or she or they die right in front of your eyes. You witness that person dying, and it's kind of potentially your fault, even though not directly. You're going to have a lot of emotions after that. There's going to be shock and trauma, and maybe a little bit of relief, sadness, anger, um, uh, confusion. There's going to be a lot of things in in therapy. You're going to you're going to go through all those feelings and you need a therapist to listen compassionately with whatever comes up. This therapist 
it pretty much all, all I can tell about this therapist, the way it's written, is whatever the client comes in with, the therapist is going to attack that person. So, you know, in one moment, she's making uh, her client remember. Another moment when she is remembering, and it happens to be good thoughts, she's chastising her for being addicted to him and for missing the war. You know, you miss the war, Celeste. Again, not in a compassionate way, not like, I get it, you kind of miss the war. It's you miss the war with that stern face of hers. And she goes on the attack. Again, just massively horrible therapy, abusive, really. Season four, or session four, sorry, of season two, we see Nicole Kidman uh, is uh, crying in therapy. At this point, she's really worried that the grandmother, that her mother-in-law is going to take away her kids. And she's, she's really scared. The, 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 you know, Celeste, the Nicole Kidman's character is like, um, this, this woman, my mother-in-law has got a lawyer and she's, she's potentially going to take away my kids. This is really scary to me. Okay. The proper response for a therapist is to be with them in that terror and to validate that and to, um, just, just be with, there's, there's, there's nothing a therapist can do to take away that, that fear because it's rational to have that fear. Um, there's no solution you can provide. You, there's just nothing you can do. The one thing you can do as a therapist, which is the point of therapy, is to validate and be there with someone and be a secure attachment for that person. But in, she doesn't say anything comforting in this moment, the therapist. And the only thing she says is, well, maybe you could settle. Maybe you could settle? The therapist is suggesting to this woman who loves her two children that this outside uh, mother-in-law uh, who is trying to take away custody of the kids for ridiculous reasons, well, maybe you should just settle. What? <laughs> I mean, again, even if you thought that as a therapist, what business is it of yours to suggest such a thing? You don't know. You don't know what they're supposed to do. So just stick with your job, which is to provide therapy. I never took a class in graduate school on therapy that taught me what specific advice I was supposed to give my clients. That never happened. And, you know, why is this person doing it? So, yeah, I, I wish I had a little uh, webcam that was on me while I was watching that. Well, actually, I, I probably don't wish that because I was using a lot of terrible language. This therapist in Big Little Lies season two makes my skin crawl is so awful and emotionally abusive to her clients. I wonder what the writers were thinking when they were writing this character. And also, it also makes my skin crawl because I know therapists actually do this sort of stuff sometimes because they don't know what they're doing. As a podcaster for the last 11 years, I get a lot of emails from uh, listeners who tell me about their horror stories in therapy. Now, it's just one side of the story, but a lot of these s stories add up and you start thinking that maybe not every therapist knows what they're doing, which I didn't used to believe. I used to think, well, you know, they have a degree, they have a license, they, they probably know what they're doing. And hearing all these accounts, I, I know that some are better than others. So it it, it's, it, it upsets me in, along those lines as well. Um, so I've been complaining about this to a lot of people, including the pod wife. And uh, my wife was like, have you ever thought about being a consultant to Hollywood about 
therapy. And um, no, I haven't. I have no idea how one goes about doing that. I don't know if I'd be very good at it. Um, and I frankly don't know if the writers even care. Because here's the thing. When you watch Big Little Lies season two, uh, for most people, they don't know that that's bad therapy. They might even think that's good therapy. In fact, I've got emails from people saying that this is good therapy because of people, you know, which makes sense. They don't understand how therapy works because they're not therapists. They haven't been trained. And so, uh, I, one, I don't think the writers need to consult with people like me because I might just ruin their movie with a bunch of um, – accuracies, shall we say, <laughs> like if George Lucas, when he made Star Wars, uh, consulted with actual scientists, uh, they would have one of the first things they would have said was, well, there's no sound in space. So all those explosions can't make any noise. And, you know, that would have ruined Star Wars <laughs> on some level. So I get that. Uh, but at the same time, I can't help thinking there could have been a way that they could have written it that was accurate to therapy and could have actually even been more entertaining in some ways. Um, I, I have my ideas about what that would look like. I don't know if it would be a good idea or not, but, but anyway, clearly Hollywood writers have a problem uh, with at least us therapists because the way they write therapists is just almost universally awful. Um, so yeah, that's my summary of, of, uh, that. <laughs> Let me know what you think. What do you think of the therapy and Big Little Lies? Also, have, have therapists ever done this to you? I'd like to hear about that. Also, what movies do you like that are good depictions of therapy? I, I'm thinking about compiling an exhaustive list of every single therapist that's ever been depicted in movies and TV shows and having like a ranking um, of all those with perhaps, like I said, the Steve Carell character in Hope Springs at the top, <laughs> um, which is a bizarre choice, but it's uh, perhaps true. Anyway, thanks for joining me. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it and avoid therapists like this. And when you watch this show, please understand this is not good therapy.